New Nextbox rumors surface. EA launches a massive PR stunt for Mass Effect 3, and apparently Black Ops has the best game ending ever. All that plus more on today's MASHcast. Another edition of the Mash Those Buttons MASHcast. I'm Jared. I'm here with podcast host Nick Zelenkevich. Hello, everybody. And also, we on the line, apparently, we have uh, senior editor Rob Hill-Williams. Yes, I'm on the line because I am actually calling in from the cell phone because I am dedicated. I am calling you lovely people from Key West, Florida on a semi-vacation, so... I'm still here. <laughs> and you guys, you can't even give us a comment. That's a shame. <laughs> That's a shame. Oh, well. But, um, yes, welcome to MASHcast number 40. Um, the big four, I'll, you know, I was going to try to have something planned, and I was just like, you know, fuck it. Like, <laughs> we, I didn't have time to plan anything. We're just, we'll have something for 50 or something. Yeah, well, we'll maybe 100. Yeah, balloons, streamers, something like that. You know, I've, I've got to say, we we went 40, uh, 40 podcasts before we finally had to phone it in. Yeah. There you, that's there you. true, <laughs> And Nick, I need that instant rim shot sound, because Nick likes to tell those jokes. You know, those... those... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Rob, what you been playing? I uh, only had time for two games, really. Or three, I guess. Uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy XIII, same as I have been. Um, I've got back into uh, NCAA 12 because we finally started our online league again. Uh, my friend is kicking his brother out because he hasn't played since we started it. <laughs> and we are, are moving on without him. So I'm getting back into that again. And uh, I've also been, and, uh, gotten to playing some co-op in Rayman Origins which is fantastic. I, it's fun. It reminds me of playing games as a kid and playing co-op with, you know, co-op in the same room on the couch with somebody else. And it's a good time, but we just don't have too much of that now, but it was good. I really enjoyed it. It's got slick graphics. It's fun to play and it's a really good game. Everybody should play it. Yeah. I've been hearing a lot of good things about it. I plan on checking it out eventually, but well, I, th- I think everybody knows about my backlog. And I, I really, really just need to get through it. Um, Nick, what have you, you been playing? Uh, pretty much just Infamous, uh, as, uh, as was requested last week. So uh, I'm, I'm getting excited to work my way towards the uh, 39th best ending of any video game ever. Aha, <laughs> uh, uh-huh, they're tying those, yeah, those later topics. Foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, do you th- what do you think about Infamous? 
so far it's not bad. Um, I'm still in the early stages. Uh, I just got to the part where uh, you get you, you try to leave the island and then you meet the FBI agent and she sends you back. Um, so you you'll know how early I am. I think that's still the first the first real mission. That's like um, in the, I, I'm pretty sure I got to that in my first sitting. Yeah, it took me it took me three sittings, but I, I don't think it. Uh, they weren't very long sittings. Are you playing twenty minute intervals? It, pretty much. <laughs> I'm um, shaking my head right now. I know, but this is yes, yes, yes. You should you should be. Um, yeah, you should be disappointed. <laughs> hey, baby steps, baby steps. I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll get to, 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 to more of it in, in time. No, but, uh, but that's the thing. I, like you said, I mean, it's still early in the game, so it, it feels all like setup. I mean, they, the, the way they introduced the FBI agent, it really just came out of nowhere. Um, I feel like the concept of the, na- like the, the Cole, I think is his name, sort of narrating everything. I, I feel like that's, a, it's an interesting conceit. It'll be interesting to see how that goes forward, but it's really, it seemed like it was going in one direction. This FBI agent came out of nowhere. And, and since that's really the most recent thing that happened, it kind of blindsided me. That's all I can focus on right now. And that's the beginning of the game. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just, that's, I'm, I'm still working my way in there. I had, a, had a, I, I've played more than just you know, you know, like 20 minutes and stuff, but I had a save problem and I, I took care of that, but that's why I haven't progressed further. Okay. Well, well, keep on playing, keep on trucking. We'll talk about, oh, I know. You, you, well, you've, you've already told me enough about the game that I know it's worth it. So, all right, cool. Uh, now as for me, a couple games, um, I got warp yesterday, got a review code for warp. So I've been playing through that. Which I played some. I, the first time I played it was at PAX, and it's a it's an interesting game. It's kind of like I don't know. It mixes a lot of stuff that I like. Like some parts you need to be stealthy. Uh, some parts are puzzle like, you know, and some parts you just kill people. And I like all those things. So um, my review. I'm hoping to have the review up by Monday, early Monday, hopefully. And you know, you guys get my full thoughts on that. I'm still playing Shank Two. I'm actually trying to do something that we haven't done on MASH before. Uh, I'm I'm going through it on hard, and I'm I'm playing I'm playing through it on hard. I'm recording it, but I'm trying to find the most efficient ways to kind of you know beat it on hard. Cause hard mode on Shank Two, um, the the enemies actually aren't more difficult, but what they do is the checkpoints are spread much farther apart. Uh, and some levels, especially like the later levels, some of the checkpoints are spread like, I don't know, like 8 to 10 minutes apart. And that's a lot in Shank. So, you know, uh, the whole thing about playing Shank 2 in hard mode is really about conserving health at every turn, like as, as much as possible. So I'm trying to make video. Uh, I'm thinking about, um, you know, making videos and taking notes and showing people how to do that. But we'll see. I got an itching for score rush, and I played a little bit of that, and I finally finished my Insane 2 review, which is on the site. Um, the, I like the game, but it's just a shame that, one, the AI isn't smarter, because it would be a really fun game if it was, and two, that the multiplayer really didn't pop off, because if it did, I'd probably play it on a regular basis. But neither of those things are the case, so you know you can't win them all. You know, whatever. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let's get to the topics, because we have quite a few topics here to talk about today. First thing we're going to talk about is, uh, some more next box rumors. I refuse to call this thing the next, the Xbox 720. I refuse to. <laughs> so, as far well, as... Mash- bullshit, that's why. Oh, yeah. I mean, as far as Mashable's Buttons goes, it, it's, it's, it's the next box. 
if you ask me. Next, me. next box or next Xbox? Xbox. Yeah, ne- that shit makes sense. Yeah, next box, next Xbox. I'll take either of those. The Mash Fateful should help us spread that shit around and stop the bullshit. But uh, at any pace, a uh, couple things have come up regarding the next Xbox. Some new, uh, some brand new, some not so new. Uh, but just to, to kind of uh, go through it, basically uh, a report from ComputerAndVideoGames.com uh, says that the, the next Xbox will uh, feature directional sound, augmented reality, four-player connect. One thing that they don't have here that I found out that's rumored, so I can't even say I really found out, but it is rumored that the next Xbox is going to have is going to, uh, it's something they're calling enhanced 3D, where they mix 3D and connect functionality. So that's something that's supposed that that actually that kind of sounds cool to a point to me, you know what I'm saying? Um, but that's not the big news here. The big news here is that the next Xbox is reported reportedly going to have a Wii U style touchscreen in the middle of you know our Xbox controller. So like you have the, the touchscreen in in the middle of like you know the two the dual analog sticks. And the Xbox buttons. Actually, it's funny because the picture here, and you can see it in the show notes, the picture here kind of look, almost looks like the Batarang, I thought, when I first saw it. You remember the Batarang from Batman Returns? Anybody? Yeah, no, but the, the Batarang was more hook-shaped. This this it Really, it, it looks like a... I almost want to say kind of like the Game Gear with larger... Uh, with, I guess, a little more weight on the bottom. With I don't know. Box wings? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's... <laughs> That is kind of true. I mean, it's a photoshopped image, obviously, but I just thought it was funny um, that that's that's what it looked like. But yeah, so, uh, you know, some people are really like, you know, from, from the things I've heard in some of the comments I've read and reaction, people are like, oh my God, Wii U touchscreen and the Xbox controller. Um, you know what? I wouldn't necessarily mind it as long as it be- doesn't become a focal point. That's my fear, that it becomes a focal point and every single developer is trying to use that screen, you know? Well, like, that's going to happen. If, if that does happen, if there is a touchscreen on that system, that is what's going to happen when it comes out because you're already seeing that with the Vita. Like, the Vita comes out and everybody feels like they have to use all the touchscreens and everything that it has, and you don't. Just develop a game and have it work and not use every single feature. But we've already seen with the Kinect, too, that like now Microsoft itself, Microsoft itself, not even the developers, Microsoft is super, super focused on the Kinect every time that the Xbox comes up about something. So you're going to see them try and push developers and developers that are like, well, that's what they want to do, so okay. So if there is a touchscreen, expect to see that shit every E3 from now until the next system. And cry. Yeah. <laughs> cry. Even in the Wii U, I don't necessarily mind it, but my problem is and will always be if it becomes too much of a focus that, you know... It's a gimmick. If it becomes a gimmick, it's a problem. Yeah, and the thing is, like, things are just out of place. Like, for example, um, with the Wii, and and this wasn't when the Wii first came out, but um, Sonic Colors. I love Sonic Colors. I was really surprised by that game. Really, really surprised, and I thought it was great. But I hated the fact that to activate powers, I had to shake um, my uh, the controller. I'm like, why couldn't they? They had so many buttons available because there's only, I mean, 
you only use a few buttons. Like, you know, you, you curl into a ball or you jump or you do both. You know what I'm saying? Like, but then for you to activate your power, you actually had to shake the controller. And I, I, I hated that shit. Like, I, I, I didn't like that, you know? And it was just more like a gimmick. Um, but even further in this article, uh, their sources are saying that Microsoft is playing it safe when it comes to the CPU and GPU, but running wild with the functions, um, you know, and how you can play. And uh, I, I said it before. Actually, I don't know if I said it last week or the week before last, but, you know, it, it's, it just seems like Microsoft is definitely pushing more and, and more of a uh, – trying to push more into the family space. It, it seems like Microsoft is just like – they they want to release the Wii U, and and, and I mean I don't know I, I look at that controller and again maybe it's just because it's the Photoshop version there, but I can't help think of all the times that Nintendo gave us the opportunity to hook our, our assorted Game Boys uh, up to our GameCubes and up to um, you know uh, and up, well not really up to the Wii's. Um, but they, they they always give us that opportunity. I and I, I've played some of the games. I played the uh, was yeah it was it was uh, it was Wind Waker where you could you could hook the where you could hook your Game Boy Advance up to the GameCube and you could uh, you know and, and you, you, you uh, the, the second player could control Tingle while you ran around and he could drop bombs and and I mean that was a fun little added added bonus to the game. It wasn't a focus like you're concerned about, but but it it it, it, it I guess what. When Nintendo making a touchscreen doesn't concern me because to a degree they've been doing this kind of thing in some modicum for a while. But Microsoft, like it, it just seems like 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 they said, like they're going crazy with it. Going crazy is not always a good thing. It means they're just Definitely throwing not. everything at the wall and and they're gonna see what sticks. And well, this I don't know. I I, I don't want to say offhand this is a bad idea. I kind of feel like it's a bad idea. Yeah, well, me too. Obviously, if if it becomes the focus, if it's that's the thing, like it can be great. It can be a great tool if it's not the focus. But if it is the focus and everybody's trying to use it, then it's gonna it's gonna be bad. Um, now the the rumored price of and this is the, I think this is the first time we're really hearing something about this. Um, but the rumored price, uh, according to this article, is going to be uh, well, this is in euros, but uh, three hundred ninety nine euros. Uh, which that's fucking stupid yeah. if that's true because it's not because the system is powerful it's because of the fucking touchscreen exactly that's stupid that bothers me more than anything else yeah. because they're going to find a gimmick they're going to find a gimmick that's supposed to bring all the casual family audience into the system they're going to find it they whether it's another version of the connect or if it's a touchscreen or whatever it is like they're going to find it. But like the fact that you're going to make it $400 when it's, I don't say, I wouldn't say it's been proven, but it's been proven that you have to have enough in it to make it worth that $400 to make people go out and go buy it. And I don't think a touchscreen is it. Like yeah. the Wii U, like if, it's a, if the Wii U comes at $400, it's a flop. Oh yeah. It, it's kind of obvious at this point, just from what we've been shown and from what we've been shown, like if it comes out at four hundred dollars for what it is, it's a flop. So if three sixty does the same thing and it come out with a budget budget graphics card and a touchscreen controller, flop. Maybe not a flop, but not it doesn't do well. It doesn't do better than the three sixty has done. Oh definitely. You might as well have just gone on with what you had. But 
if 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 we've got two of the three consoles in the next generation that seem to be battling over the the casual family market, are we saying they're both going to be flops, or, we, or, or, or are we saying that we think that the Wii U will dominate that aspect of the market? And again, presu- presumably Sony, with what we what limited information we have about the PS4 or the next PS, if that's what we're going to call it. Is is is? is we're assuming that's going to win the win the next generation. They just have to show up. There's no there's no battle for the throne here. This is, this is disappointing. Right. It's it's Wii U and 360 fighting over next Xbox fighting over the scraps because they've gone the route that they've gone. Unless Sony fucks it up too. I don't. But this s- is all conjecture. Yeah, exactly. This is all rumor for right now. But if if it is the way looking at it the way it is right now, um, with Sony. I think I do believe that Sony is still going to come out with a powerful machine for the gamer that's going to at least be able to keep up with PCs at that current time. They're going to have the true next-gen machine, according to the information we have right now. So for this, for Sony, I think it's going to be a no-brainer. They will have the gamer, no problem. I think Nintendo, if, if uh, and once again, all conjecture, but if Nintendo and Microsoft do battle it out, I think Nintendo's going to win that battle. In terms for the for the casual family market, I'm I'm pretty sure Nintendo's going to win that. Um, reason being, 400 euros, which that's roughly about 500 and like 30 bucks, you know, depending on the exchange rate at the time um, in U.S. Um, that's not family friendly pricing, you know. That that's not uh, the Wii U. I'm thinking it's going to come out at like 250. 300 tops it's it's like they stole the design philosophy from nintendo but the marketing philosophy from sony yeah <laughs> well sony has you know sony made mar- made uh you know some mistakes when they with marketing when the ps3 first came out but they fixed those pretty quickly if you ask me yeah but um yeah like once again all conjecture all rumor we'll see what microsoft does I still have the strong belief that Microsoft is not going to release a sub like a, a, a like a subpar system in terms of graphics. They really, I, don't, I really don't think they can. And if they do, I mean they do, but I, they, when I, they do that, that's going to be a great mash cast. It'll be a great mash cast. Actually, we're gonna just a full hour of me yelling at Microsoft. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, actually, speaking of graphical power, we're actually gonna we're gonna skip right into our next. Uh, our next topic here, and uh, this was a converse, not a conversation, but uh, at Dice, well, Dice was last week, and um, actually, was Dice this week or was Dice last week? Dice was this week, I'm sorry. Uh, speaking at Dice. It went into this week, yeah. Yeah, it went into this week, so. Uh, speaking at uh, Tim Sweeney, uh, who is, uh, he's from Epic Games, he was uh, speaking at Dice, uh, he was talking about the Samaritan demo that they gave it Last year's D- GDC, I believe, is when they showed the Samaritan demo, and it was uh, very impressive. I don't think anybody's going to tell you that it wasn't impressive to look at, but even at the time, we knew that it was it was serious business in terms of graphical power because they were running three of the tops, top graphics cards in one PC to get that demo to run, and I think it, it maxed out at about 30 frames per second, so they couldn't even get it up to 60 frames per second with three of the top, you know, NVIDIA graphics card at the time. Uh, so basically he, he says that to run that, the, well, first of all, the current Xbox cannot run that demo. It's just not powerful enough to run that demo. 
uh, the current Xbox can only handle 0.25 teraflops. Um, the demo required 2.5 teraflops, which means the, to run that demo, a console would need to be 10 times more powerful than the current gen Xbox. And unless Microsoft, like I say, unless Microsoft doesn't just doesn't care about graphics, you know, anymore, which I, I find that hard to believe. I think they would want it to run an upgraded version <laughs> of the uh, Unreal 3 engine. We're not even talking about the uh, the Unreal 4 engine, or U- Unreal Engine 4, which uh, Mark Rain said the company will show off sometime this year. So if, this, if, the, if the upgraded Unreal 3 engine requires 10 times the power to run than the Xbox can handle, I can only imagine that the Unreal Engine 4 is going to be even more powerful and more impressive because they actually want they need the Unreal 4 engine to kind of to crush, you know, CryEngine 3. I was, I, I, was sorry, I wouldn't say crush CryEngine 3, but, you know, at least um, keep up with it as, it as it grows, which CryEngine 3 is beautiful. It will bring tears to your eyes, no pun intended. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't want this to be the, the, the anti-Microsoft podcast again. <laughs> Or the the anti you know next Xbox podcast, but I just I, I as as things continue to come out with how gra- how graphics are developing, I don't think Microsoft is going to try to miss out on that part. You go ahead. I know you want to say something. Wh- who, wh- which you, Nick? I heard oh, you breathing. Oh yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, what I was just going to say though, I mean, you're shaping it up like there's some kind of like Unreal battle versus you know the the CryEngine three. And I was just gonna, I was just gonna ask if if we've heard any estimates of how, of whether the next generation consoles will be powerful enough to to handle uh, handle that engine, presumably. Because I mean, I mean, here we're getting a report basically that says one of them won't. Um, are we presuming then that that? Uh, well, I mean, we're, I guess we have to presume the ps4 will handle this but i mean is is i guess that's sort of what we're expecting those two engines to be the next sort of the you know the next you know really the next graphics workhorses for the the you know the 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 foreseeable future yeah i can only imagine that the ps4 will be able to handle this we don't have nearly there's not even nearly as many rumors coming out as ps4 as there are for the next xbox so i would only imagine that sony would be prepared for this um, I know that Crytek, uh, in response to Mark Rain, or not in response to Mark Rain, some reporters were asking him questions, saying, you know, are you going to have an answer for, you know, Epic's Unreal Engine 4? And they said, we don't need to build CryEngine 4 right now because of, you know, they said the CryEngine 3, they, they, they haven't even shown how truly powerful it is yet because they're already working on next-gen projects with the CryEngine 3. So, um... I think I do think the PS4 will be will be prepared for this stuff, but according to rumors, the the next Xbox won't. Uh, one thing that I did think was interesting that if the if the Unreal Engine three is gonna is so powerful right now, like you know, the, well, you know, with the upgrades, if that's so powerful that it's gonna take a a console, it's gonna take a, a console that's ten times more powerful than the current gen to run. I can only imagine that the Unreal 4 Engine 4 is going to be exponentially more powerful than that. But who's their target market for that? You know, in my opinion, like you know, is that are they trying to? Well, 
I would say, if they are, are they trying to get back in the PC's good graces? But when it comes to engines, it's not it's not about the players; it's about the developers. So I can't even really go from there. Because as far as I'm concerned, like Epic has really smeared their name when it comes to PC gamers. You know, uh, with the whole oh well, we're not gonna bring Gears Two, and you know, PC gaming is full of piracy stance that they've made public. You know that that yeah that. That that's where my only two like that's my only real like I had two thoughts and one was that Epic has enough swing with Microsoft right now because Halo's gone. I mean it's not gone, but like the real part of the Halo trilogy is gone, you know, because Bungie is elsewhere and the Gears of War is like their their most profitable like you know Microsoft product. So they have enough swing because, like, they convinced them to put more RAM into the Xbox 360. I'm sure that they, if they, if, if Microsoft is not already planning on doing it, convince them to put more graphical power into the next Xbox. And then on top of that, my thought was that, well, if they don't put more graphical power into the next Xbox, I don't see Epic all of a sudden taking the under under four and putting it full blast on PC because they've not, they've shown that they don't care. So that's not going to happen. So it's kind of irrelevant. Like, oh, well, like we have this huge engine. And I guess we'll just sit here and wait until we have something powerful enough to use it because we're not going to devote a lot of time to PC because we think that we're not going to make any money off of it. Well, Those you know, are like my, literally my only two thoughts. Well, that's the thing. Like, like I said uh, before, um, when it comes to engine, it's not about the gamer per se. It's about the, the developer. You know, if they, yeah. they, they, if they have – if that engine – Four looks beautiful, and it's better than the CryEngine, or at least if it's easier to license, or you know, however, whatever the the yeah, you know, usability is better. Exactly, whatever. like whatever the, the developer is is basing on what engine they'll pick, you know, whatever that is, you know, that's for the developer. And like, even though Epic Games themselves may not like the PC market anymore, other developers will take the engine and make wonderful games and sell them on PC if that is. You know, if if the Unreal Engine four is built for PC, you know, right? We're about to see Hawken release this coming, you know, at, at the end of this year, and that's using Unreal Engine. But it's not like uh, you know, uh, Epic has placed any great faith in in you know in PC, but other people do. I mean, it's going to depend on, like you said, usability, like all the other aspects, and it's also going to depend on the cost of licensing Unreal Engine four for other stuff. Yeah, and that'll be what determines. Who does something for PC with it? Yep. So, yeah. all right. But yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm actually am looking forward to seeing Unreal Engine Four, and uh, you know, I, of course, we will keep tabs on that as as things roll along. Uh, but our next topic is regarding. Uh, actually, our next three topics are going to be regarding the PlayStation Vita. Uh, our first topic that we have here is Sony. Uh, this is the, their largest campaign or marketing investment ever uh they're gonna they're dropping 50 million on the ps vita launch this is their their largest campaign that they've ever done and their target audience which gives me faith in sony their target audience is male gamers who already own a ps3 um to be more specific uh male gamers already on a ps3 in their 20s play around eight hours a week so their target campaign is for actual gamers. Uh, I know uh, <laughs> there was a little concern with that with those early ad or early marketing photos that they sent out. That sent out like I, I think Katie wrote an article on it 
Oh, about the emo kids. Yeah, like, like with the, the hipsters. hipsters and stuff. Yeah, the yeah. hipsters at the coffee shops wearing scarves inside like it's cool. You know, stuff like that. Um, that was like like some of the first shots that came out. And Katie, she put them on Front Street for that. So he must have, of course, they, they you know, they read mash those buttons. So that's why they, you know, made the, this change to their marketing campaign. But um, yeah, it's good. I, I, that That's the reason I want to talk about this, because it's, it's good for me to hear that somebody does care about the core and that it's somebody large. And of course, like, it's great when, you know, any devs say stuff and some companies say stuff about core gaming and making games for core gamers and stuff like that. But when you have somebody as large as Sony who could easily be like, hey, we want the largest market possible, so we're going to make an underpowered system with great peripherals and sell it to kids and you know parents. But they're not doing that. It, it looks like they're still targeting actual gamers because they know that's who buys their games. you know. And that gives me faith for the PS4 <laughs> in the future. You know? I think uh, I think this is a good thing for us. I, uh, I can't argue. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Uh, well, no. I was just gonna say that uh, I've already seen. I guess uh, my my first experience with this, you know, fifty million dollar campaign was I saw the Taco Bell ad, uh, the promotion that they're running with the the Sleeper Agent song in it. And uh, yeah, you know, I was watching it with my girlfriend, and it actually got her to ask, ask what's a what's a, what's a Vita. Um, so I mean, it's 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 getting the attention of people outside their target demographic. Not that she's gonna buy one, and at least I was able to tell her. So like, you know, like you now she knows what it is. I guess that's a, I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. I guess my, my biggest takeaway is that I'm no longer in the target demographic anymore. I'm very disappointed. So I'm uh, I'm I'm just a I'm just a sad panda over here. But uh, no, it's uh, it uh, it is good to see that they're investing in that. You you don't own the PS3? No, I'm not in my twenties. They didn't say twenties. They yeah, didn't say twenties. Yeah, I'm 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 too old for the PS Vita. No, they're just targeting well, people in their twenties, that's all. You're young at heart, Nick. Well. Young at heart. Well <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead, Rob, you gonna say something? It's it's weird because it's not a direct quote that says it's in their twenties. I mean, I guess they wouldn't extrapolate that if they didn't say it, but it's still kind of a strange thing. I guess that's my main problem is that like they're specifically saying, like, well, we're, we're targeting male gamers who own a PS3, and it's like, well, really, shouldn't you just be targeting anybody that owns a PS3? Like, isn't that really your target? Like, why does it have to be male? You have other stuff that's not necessarily male-only oriented, but, I mean, I guess that's, like, a different issue. I mean, you have stuff like Little Deviants and, you know, Hot Shots Golf and stuff like that. Like, it's not stuff that's, like, rah, rah, God of War, rip somebody in half, man stuff, like... Yeah, I think that's it's just gamers, really. But that's the thing. Like, that's when when the marketing team gets together, they get very specific. And I think that's yeah, just that's a part of it. Yeah, that's what kind of bothers me. Yeah, that's that's what kind of bothers me. I'm like, really, like, if you can't realize that it's just like there's just gamers and they're of both sexes and different races and all that kind of stuff that are playing your system, like, it it it, it kind of shows an out of touchness to me a little bit, but. I mean, like at the same time, like I get, I get what they're saying, but at some point, just leave out like just the male part. Like I don't know if that's just like oh, buzzwords, you know, PR marketing stuff. But like, there are people who aren't males that own your system. Don't forget about them. They bought that shit too, and they'll think, buy the Vita. I don't think they are gonna forget about them. Like for example, um, I don't have another example when it comes to video games, but um, netbooks per se. Okay. Uh, when netbooks were first kind of rolling out and getting big, 
the target demographic for netbooks, the, the people who they were targeting in their advertising were women who carried purses. You know what I'm saying? Right. But more than women bought it, they knew that. But when they do this marketing stuff, they have to target specific things. You know what I'm they saying? They have to say that they are, yeah, they have to say they're after something so they can show later that, like, this demographic bought it. So exactly. that when we were targeting them, we get, they got it. So I, I get it. It's easier to say that than to say, we want 20% of women to buy it than it is to say we want 80% of the guys who own a PS3 to have it. I, I understand that. But it's, it's just a little annoying to read that imprint them saying like specifically that and it's like i i know literally know people like more people who aren't male that use a ps3 than i know males that use a ps3 and you're saying that you don't you don't care but i know that they're not saying that it's just that like don't don't put it in print then just i don't know if they even wanted this to make it out (laughs) gamers of any sex and just get them yeah 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 Okay, well, we'll uh, we'll see how successful that is. I mean, I, I I guess I am the target demographic because uh, you know, I, I'm in my twenties. I play for, you know, about well, I try to play for eight hours a week, but I don't know. This mash those buttons thing kind of has the chains on me sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, see, they're not even necessarily targeting you all the time. You know, kind of <laughs> like I still play. I don't play eight hours a day all the time because I can't. But that doesn't mean that I don't, I'm not going to buy the. I'm going to be out there to get in the Vita, like you know, as soon as I can. You know, yeah, pretty much. I got to have it ready for pack so I can wear it around my neck. You yeah. Know? So, but uh, moving on to our next Vita, uh, our next Vita topic. Um, there have been reports, more rumors. Uh, but I would say the rumors from a, uh, a respectable source because of the Japanese newspaper, uh, the same one that broke, that first broke the news of uh, Arise's appointment to uh, to be CEO of Sony, which Sony denied and then later confirmed. They're breaking this news too, but they're saying that the developers are actually abandoning, abandoning uh, PS Vita development for Nintendo 3DS. Um, now, on the other side of that, Sony is saying, actually, more specifically, Scott Rode, who's uh, the vice president of Sony's Worldwide Studios, he says these reports are largely exaggerated uh, he's not saying that, no, this is not the case at all, but he's just saying they're exaggerated. And he's saying that, you know, there's always a there's a, always a flavor of the month. There's always a hot platform of the moment. And right now, he's saying it's Nintendo 3DS. And he makes examples. It's like, you know, at one point, everybody was trying to build on Facebook, and then everybody was trying to build an iPad, and then everybody was trying to build on 360 or PS3. And he says these things are constantly changing. Uh, and he says it doesn't concern him whatsoever which we're hearing a lot of that from sony when it comes to the vita vita sales numbers are down oh yeah all on the plan i don't know if they're serious if they have if they if they have realistic expectations or are they just like bullshitting right now i don't know either i mean like on the certain on on one hand like yeah i see what he's talking about because it's true like people go where the money is and that that goes for developers and publishers and everything else too and on top of that like if you're talking japanese studios Okay, sure, I could see that because it's not doing that well in Japan. Where 3DS is having an uptick, so you're going to have developers say, well, Vita doesn't do so well here right now, so we're going to focus on what does do well, what, what's getting into the hands of a lot of people, and it's going to make us more money if the game does well, right. which is the 3DS right now. I totally see that. If they're saying like all developers are jumping ship, like, yeah, I think that's exaggerated. But I, I, it's kind of hard to say, like, considering what they're saying, I. 
I don't. I, if there's a Japanese newspaper, I would assume they mean Japanese developers. Right. But they could mean just developers in general, in which case I think that's false. But if it's Japanese developers they're talking about, I think that's true. I think they are jumping. I, I think that right now they are jumping ship. That doesn't mean they won't be back. I think that when you say they're jumping ship, there's an implication there that they'll never come back to do anything for it. And I think that if Vita comes out and does really well, you know, here, you know, in on the 22nd, and then you in in Europe and stuff, you're sure as hell going to see them make games for it again. You know, like uh, it, it's just it's just the way the world turns in a way. So. We'll see, I guess. <laughs> I mean, in a way, like, I don't know if Sony has real estate expectations, but I, either way, like, they're going to have to set them soon, you know, because the the, re, the reality of the situation will set in by the end of this month. And that'll be it, really. If Sony is acting crazy and they're like, no, we're still going to sell, like, $3 million, la, 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 with their fingers in their ears, Sorry, the Titanic's going down anyway if it's only selling 100,000 in the U.S. or something, you know? Yeah. So we'll... Yeah, we can't get a better... We can't get a, a really good gauge until we see how the Vita does in the U.S., which I think... I think it's going to do well. I don't expect it to, like, you know, break records and, you know, do stuff like that. Uh, even Sony's... I think Sony's taking the same approach they took with the PS Move which when the PS Move first released, they even said, like, oh, well, you know, we're not expecting it to, like, blow the connect out or, you know, uh, be, be uh, you know, record-breaking or have phenomenal sales. We think people are going to get it, word of mouth is going to spread, and then people will, will buy it over time, which, I mean, they're still making money hand over fist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Still making tons of money, and I think I think they're okay with making tons of money. So. Yeah, that was gonna be fun making tons of money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens. You got something to say, Nick? Hmm? Well, uh, no, I was I was just gonna say that I like how he talks about the uh, the extremist quotes about I guess the you know the doom and gloom that you guys are always talking about. So sort of, sort of tying back into that that uh, is, as much as you guys are always you know talking about the analysts predicting you know this 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 or that system is gonna die and and, and fail, uh, you know they're quite aware of it too. And uh, you know they're also clearly not at all not at all disturbed by it. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully this is just in the plan. They know what they're doing. Things are 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 going according to plan for them. And you know, I hope you know. Of course, I you know I want things to turn out well for them, especially if I buy one. I want it to do well so that I don't have to worry about them not putting out games for it a little later. Um, but next on the list here. In the show notes, I'm gonna I put a uh, a review of the PS Vita from Gawker. Uh, not necessarily sorry, not even like Gawker, but Gizmodo, which is a, is a Gawker website. And the reason I put it in there is because it's a shitty review of a gaming device. Like, did you guys did you guys get a chance to read the full review? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, do you want to go first? I, 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 who wants to go first? Because I'm I'm really I'll I'll tell you. I'm, I'm gonna go first because I'm pretty sure you're gonna be okay. longer than me. <laughs> so gonna... I don't. I don't think so. I think I'm gonna be pretty concise about it. I, in fact, I will go first. I I am going to break and I'm going to go first. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Because okay, here's the problem. You have your technological like I mean like it's fine and technological, but you you have like your basically what's your 
a laptop, smartphone site reviewing a gaming device. And they say, and they, they, and they review it. They review it as if it's any other device. But the problem is when you get, it, it's a shitty review. It is just like Jared said, it's a shitty review because when you get down to it, they say it's good, but don't really bother with it because outside of the games, it's nothing special. Fuck the games are that's the fucking point. <laughs> that's exactly. the whole fucking point. So if you're saying games aside, it's nothing special. It, you're fucking side aside. It's a gaming device. Like, why are you reviewing? Like a talker review and fucking move on with your lives. Don't even don't even touch it. Don't even touch it. You everybody just wanted it. Everybody at a Gawker site just wanted a Vita. Apparently, I, that's what I took from this. <laughs> like, oh, we could get more. We could get more Vitas. Let's do it. We got fifteen Vitas, guys. Just I don't know, review it or something for Gizmodo, so we can justify it somehow. Like that's what I took from it. it like, it, he acts like he acts like people do not carry more than one device. He acts like. You can't carry your iPhone or your your Samsung phone, or your Android phone, whatever, and a Vita. He acts like people don't go on a jog and take their iPod and their iPhone. Exactly. Exactly. Like that sort of thing. Like he he, he number one, the, the the biggest thing that makes this shitty review is you're reviewing a gaming system because that's what it is. Portable or not, it's a gaming system and you're reviewing it and you're saying the the games don't matter. That's what he literally. You're saying the games don't matter. Yeah, if you're that's not, a shitty review. If you're not buying the Vita, if you're not buying it for games, you bought it for the wrong reason. And yeah, the device isn't for you. Obviously, in fact, you bought it for no reason. Now, to me, honestly, you bought it for no reason because no, it's not going to keep up with everything else. But as a gaming system, it does gaming really, really well. And and from everything I've heard, it's great and wonderful and beautiful. And as more games come out for it, it's only going to get better. And it does other things moderately well. If you're, but if you're buying it as a, just as a device to try and keep up with a smartphone, you're retarded. I'm sorry. You are. You, yeah. The guy who licks a window in your class in seventh grade is smarter than you are because <laughs> he didn't buy that. <laughs> like, he knew better. Like, that guy's not retarded. You are. So that's all I could take from it. It is a shitty review. That's yeah. all I had to say. I, I don't think it's a shitty review. I just this review is not for us. But the problem is, is like, like who is it for? Because <laughs> it's not for anybody. It's, that's exactly. It's, it's like, like if you're interested in games, then you want the Kotaku review, and if you're not interested in games, you don't want a Vita. There is no and, basically, and that's what he points out. He's like, there's there's no market for this device outside the games, which. Everybody knows, so it's, Herb it's derp, a, yes, <laughs> duh. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, a, it's, like it's a waste of a page. Rev- their top comment is, I think it's pretty unfair to talk about it as if like it's not a gaming system. Why isn't this on Kotaku? That's their top comment. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yes, exactly. That is exactly my point. Why is this? Why are you talking about it as if it's not a gaming system? Because that's what he tries to do. He spends like four sections talking about it like it's just another thing and then says like well you know games aside it doesn't do anything really well and it's like the games are the thing that matters and you don't even talk about them you don't yeah. talk about how any single game looks on the system oh but is this a sign of a or problem how it plays. 
we've we've seen mobile devices as they they increase their functionality we've seen them become you know considered to some degree gaming devices and so is it possible that they've got some kind of spreadsheet on which they throw all of their devices and if it meets x number of criteria then they have to review it and lo and behold basically the, the the vita does everything except you know it's not a phone and so hey well you know that's four out of five things we got to talk about it and uh, maybe if other devices didn't play games we wouldn't have gotten to this point i don't know I, I really just feel like people wanted a Vita for free, and they had to justify it somehow. So they sent them like five Vitas to Gizmodo, but they had to review it too. I feel like that's what happened. I I I, I don't I don't see any other reason why would so, they review the damn thing. If if that's the case, though, I, I want to know who's more upset by this, like you for having had to read the review, or the reviewer for having to review a device that he really didn't care about. He's happy because he got a PS Vita for free. He's he going to be playing his, exactly. He's going to be playing his games in joy, even though he just said, "Oh, don't buy it because unless you're a gamer, it's not worth it." Obviously, Captain Obvious. Thank you for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh He's really he's really happy with his shitty internet browser. Yeah, with his shitty internet browser. That's the thing. I'm like, and who's playing games and browsing the internet at the same time? Nobody. Nobody. Or terrorists. Nobody. Like, come on. <laughs> the terror, you're letting the terrorists win. <laughs> I, got, I got to read my game facts. <laughs> Dude, uh, it's uh, so that's why I pointed out this review because it's 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 a it's a shitty review and it just it, it shouldn't exist. Period. But uh, it, it shouldn't be on that site. Yeah. Leave that to that would be like us taking an iPhone and saying like, well, did I there's no Final Fantasy 6 on it or Final Fantasy, you know, or there's no Bulletstorm on this system. So I mean, it, I guess it does other stuff okay. <laughs> I can talk to people on the phone or something. I don't fucking know. It's bullshit, you know. <laughs> don't buy it. Like that that is literally what's that what that's like. But it's the same fucking thing. So I that's why it's shitty. It should let if you have if you have a network of sites, let the site that actually takes care of gaming shit take care of gaming shit. Yeah, that's it. I don't think it was shitty if there was one person out there who was thinking I would like to get a network device and I look like this PlayStation Vita. It looks neat. Oh wait, I read the review on Gizmodo and it is not for me. If there is one person that meets that criteria, then the review serves some kind of purpose. But that person is mythical. Yeah, I was going to say, you're letting the terrorists win right now, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) But you added that last part, so it's okay. Uh, But we're going to move on to our next topic, which is uh, we're moving into EA territory now with a Mass Effect PR stunt, which uh, I don't know. I I guess that EA didn't read up on the whole THQ balloon san francisco thing uh but they've kind of taken that to the next level <laughs> you know uh basically what's happening is that as a pr stunt um ea or their pr team eh, they're gonna launch copies of mass effect 3 into space and then fans will be able to track the the copies down um and if they find them when they finally reach earth they get to keep them uh, they're going to be, uh, a time, ta- 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 I don't know how many games they're going to do this for or how many copies, but they're going to be attaching them to weather balloons and launching them above New York, San Francisco, Las Vegas, Berlin, London, and Paris. And uh, apparently the idea is once the, uh, you know, the balloons get high enough, uh, you know, they'll pop and 
the copies will come back down to Earth. I, I, I don't know if anybody's seen the YouTube videos, but, like, it's weird because, like, this is, like, not really new, but, like, when it had like, first time, like, I, I, you know, you see a video of it, it's kind of cool. Where you, like, what usually happens is people put, like, a GoPro or, like, a camera or something, like, on a weather balloon and they send it up. And then it goes up basically into space. Like, it, it basically goes into space because it goes so high above the atmosphere. And then the balloon pops. And then it comes back down to Earth. Like, it's cool when you see that, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, and that's basically what they're doing with this. So I don't think it's going to be a home front thing because actually after that started happening, after people started sending up cameras like that, they you actually have to inform I whatever, you know, authority in your area for, like, aerial traffic and stuff so you don't, like, hit a plane with it and fuck it up or some shit. <laughs> um, so I'm sure they had to let people know. And they don't say how many copies they're sending up, which actually that's the only thing that annoys me. If, like, you're one of those people who are like, I'm going to go out and find a copy. Like, you don't even know how many copies they sent up. So you could be going for, like, one of six copies of the game because they sent up one in each city or something. Like, I don't know. But I'm sure they sent up more than that. But it's... It's still kind of annoying. Um, I, I don't think it'll be a home front thing, but it, it is It is literally just a PR stunt. I think it's like, oh, well, it's Mass Effect. Oh, we're sending it in the space. Hi, you get it. Okay, go get the game. Like, this is like. I guess it's kind of. It's kind of cool, I guess, but like, you know, it, it's just kind of like a, a whatever thing at this point. Like, you didn't do anything new or inventive, and it's not going to be like a national fucking environmental disaster like the whole something well this is the bullshit like spending that we were talking about last week like really like you really need to launch copies of mass effect into space for as a pr stunt you know like we they we, feel like they do we know it's coming we know mass effect is coming you know what I'm saying? True. You put out a demo on Valentine's Day to fuck up people's lives <laughs> yeah, you know everybody knows it's coming you know what I'm saying and then the people who Let's say that this is the first time they're hearing about Mass Effect when these copies come down, right? Let's say it's the first time they heard about it. Those are the people who aren't going to buy Mass Effect in the first place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? True. So, True. Uh, uh, just wasting, wasting money. You know what I'm saying? It's like this is what we, this is the type of stuff that we were, we were talking about last week on stupid PR stuff like this. You know, this is worse than Call of Duty commercials. So are you saying that maybe they would have spent the money better if they had actually just sent up regular copies of Mass Effect, the, the first one? Because then at least if people found it, then they could get introduced to the series? <laughs> yes, uh, Nick. That would have been a great in idea. A way, almost, <laughs> in a way, almost it would be better because they probably would spend less money on it. But at the same time, like if you just put that, I at least I would put probably $30,000, you know, into just going back into the game or something like, I don't know, an extra mission, no online well, pass, this, no this is, this is an extra know. mission. Do something with it. Yeah. Your, your, <laughs> first, something. Your, your first mission is to find the game. Apparently, I guess they're, they're going to have some method of tracking it, presumably with GPS. You're going to have to go and actually hunt it down. It's, it's, it's stupid. It is horribly stupid. I concede that, but on the same time, I love this. I, th I, I I'm excited by this. Now, admittedly, I've already been, I've already budgeted my money for Mass Effect Three, so this does not incur. If anything, on the on the minute possibility, I might actually get one of these balloons. It would actually decrease the likelihood that I would buy the game. But 
I, 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 I kind of, I like, I love this. It's, 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 it's. But you would spread the story. You'd spread word of mouth. You'd spread the story of how a fucking parachute, like fucking balloon thing just fly out of the fucking sky like a fucking asteroid, and you got a free copy of Mass Effect and shit. And oh my god, that's so awesome. And the game is so awesome. You should play it. And maybe that's the idea. Word of mouth. I don't know. But you know what? I hope every copy lands in like somebody's grandmother's pool. You hope every copy lands on somebody's grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, that's the thing. Like, this is cool, Nick. For now, for you, until you hit that first game-breaking bug. That's very true. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> like, why do they have to that, send the copies into space? Why can <laughs> they spend the money on this bug? Damn that space radiation. <laughs> that's that's uh, when it becomes uncool. Then I'll have to, I'll have to download a, an untarnished copy off of Origin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's uh, I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna yep. get that sound effect, and one day we'll be able to do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're gonna let's move on to our next topic. Uh, more EA. Oh, it's not news. Origin. It's origin. Yeah. Look, look at that. Good job, Nick. You just kind of tied us right in there. See, see what I do? That. Yeah, Nick. Look at that, Nick. Nick Zellin Cabbage for do? the people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, this. When I read this, I thought it was kind of funny. And then I read the comments section, and a lot of, and not a lot of people, at least one person agreed with me, and he, he made some good points. But uh, Peter Moore, who is the EA uh, COO, he uh, he thinks that Origin only needs about two years to reach its potential. Okay, and I'm going to tell you why this is wrong. But he says that Origin's only going to take it's going to take two years to reach potential. Uh, he thinks that he says that believes that he believes that the negative voices have quieted down. Okay, uh, that you know, I guess the uh, the people who are the skeptics have subsided, or or whatever. Uh, and he's saying, um, actually, I'll read an exact uh, exact quote. He says, uh, "I've been in gaming long enough that I know of that if you try to add something that's different, and particularly if you add the layer that it's EA and everything that it, or everything that goes with it." Um, he says, "You know." People really don't like these. I don't think you'll see the initial. You don't see the initial level of vitriol. That's what he said. Um, meaning that you know when people when it first came out, people really hated it, and now he's not seeing that anymore. And he's taking it as a good sign that people are getting used to it. Um, and he says, you know, when Steam, this is not exact uh, exact quote, but you know, Steam had the same trouble when they first you know, launch Steam, which they did. Steam uh, wasn't welcome with open arms. I do remember that. But after about a year, you know, people kind of latched on the Steam. But there's a difference. There's a major difference between, well, first of all, EA and Valve. You know, how Valve deals with their community in general versus EA. Um, And on top of that, why are you comparing Origin in 2012 to Steam in 2003? You know? I uh, you really shouldn't be comparing like you know Origin to the very beginning of Steam because Origin should be way past that level at this point. I think it should already have the features and stuff and and all the quirks knocked out that people didn't like about Steam back then. Uh, as of right now, Origin, in my opinion, is still not really up there with is not up there with Steam in terms of of what it can actually do and you know, how they deal with their customers and stuff like that. You know, Origin 2012, the same 2012. 
But the biggest thing that I thought was funny about this is the fact that they said they only need about two years to reach potential. What happened to the previous seven years? Because uh, now, yeah, uh, this is 2012, and the EA Store, uh, EA Downloader came out in 2005, which Origin is just the EA Store rebranded. What happened in all that time? You know, like, why, why, why do you need two more years on top of the seven you already had? You want to say something, Nick? I was going to say, it took him seven years to come up with a name, apparently. <laughs> but, no, it, it's, I don't know, I, I don't know, I didn't get the same impression. I kind of got the, the sense, at least in, in the, 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 uh, the, the larger form interview, I got the sense that he was kind of like, in, in this regard, and it seems rare, weird to call EA sort of like this small dog um, entering like the big dog's yard, but basically they, they found a market they want to encroach upon that they're fully capable of encroaching upon, but they know that there's a product that is very well respected and beloved, and to a degree there's almost no need for them to be there. And so they've kind of got to come in and kind of admit like, well, we're still working towards that because they know they know that, that people – don't want them there. It's 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 odd to think of EA in that that respect, but that's kind of the, the the angle I think they're coming from. But yeah, but they're acting like they haven't been around for seven years, and in in this space, they have been in the digital distribution space since two thousand and five. I'd call I it a the real problem with that. And like I I agree to a certain extent. I I don't think that EA reaches you know like Origin reaches its full potential in two years. I that's bullshit. Like if it if it doesn't even half as well as is Steam, Steam has been building year over year for what seven or five years, seven years. What well, you, know? you mean at a um a hundred percent increase? Yeah, like a, what yeah. seven years it's been doing that. Yeah, I think so, so. I mean, even if it does half as well, it, it's still going to be increasing year over year. You're not reaching your full potential because you haven't hit it yet. But I think that it starts realizing its potential in maybe two years. But the main thing is that, like, to answer your question, I think that. What happened to the other seven years? The other seven years, EA wasn't leveraging Origin the way that it is now. It wasn't leveraging the EA Downloader and saying, you can't play Sims unless you get a DA Downloader. It wasn't saying, you can't play Mass Effect, you can't play Dragon Age, you can't play this, you can't play that, unless you download the EA or the DA Downloader. Like, it, it decided, you know, this past, you know, couple of years that, Okay, we we want to actually be a force in the you know in the download digital space. So we're going to rebrand it. We're going to make a big marketing push. We're going to take games that people actually want and force them to get it on our platform. And that's why it's a difference now. EA Downloader was just another way to get EA games that you could get them everywhere else for the same price on on everything else on the same platforms. You could get their the same PC games for the same price anywhere else where you were already getting other games. So why would you download the EA downloader? You know, like it wasn't until origin that mass Effect, battlefield three, blah, 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 that you, you had to download origin for it, that you needed was a required install that you had to have origin for that, for those games. So that's the difference. But as to the rest of it, yeah, I, I, I don't think you realize your full potential in two years, unless you're just, planning on taking out after that, you know, I think you start realizing like what you can do, but I still think it's a false positive. I, I, I still think that until you give somebody a product that they actually want, that you forcing people to download it to get your games isn't an indication that people actually want your product. That, I think that's the main problem 
with origin in general and with the idea that like, oh, but it's reaching its potential. Like, no, it's reaching its people need the shit that you're giving them. <laughs> like they need the crack in their veins. Like that's <laughs> like, it's like a drug dealer who's like, you know, like my fucking heroin, you know, it's up this year. Cause I found a new fucking stash of crack addicts, you know, like it's great. Like it's, no, it's you. You found people who need your shit. Like that's all that you did. You forced them. You killed every other drug dealer in a twenty-mile radius. That's that's what happened. <laughs> like you, you're the only way they can get their fix now. You know that sort of thing. But maybe not as extreme. But that's what Origin kind of is trying to do. You know, it's like, well, I thought of you know, I thought of Steam. Like, well, what the fuck are you gonna do, bro? And, and even outside of them. You can only get Mass Effect free here, for example. So I think that's the main difference. But it, I don't, I don't necessarily take issue with the, the two years or anything like that because I, I see the reasoning behind it. You know, like you kind of start reaching, you start realizing what your potential can be five years from now. You know, in a couple of years, you know, you spend, you get enough time where people get over that initial outrage. And I don't think people are over that yet because I think that's bullshit too. I think that the idea is like, oh, there are people who are mad and now they're not now, but they got over it. No, people are still mad because EA is snooping, you know, Origin snooping around the computers and EOLA is still crap. But, you know, two years from now when every other company has tried to do the same EOLA and they forget that Origin is snooping around the computer, then yeah, okay, maybe the, the outrage will subside and they don't care. And when Battlefield 4 comes out and it's the only way to get their game, then they won't give a shit. That's, that's just what they'll do. They'll just get Origin and they'll, they'll deal with it. Right, well, um, yeah, I mean, the, the only reason Origin is getting as large as it is is because they're forcing people to get specific games. Or exactly. forcing people to use it to get their games. Which, um, I, don't, I don't actually know if, if EA is even going to keep up with that for two years. So you, have have to to keep, you have to keep putting out games, though. You can't go three years or whatever it was between Battlefield or, yeah. you know, or you can't go every couple of years before, you know, between Dragon Ages. Like, you have to be putting out something every year. Exactly. And, and really more than every year. You have to be putting out at least two of your big titles once a year. Right. Cause so, right like, now... you need to have one of your four. You need to have Medal of Honor, Dragon Age, Battlefield or Mass Effect coming out. Two of those at least once a year. Yeah, and now if you're rushing those, now you have the the chance of those turning into shitty titles, like, you know. And and in a way it's already kind of happened. Dragon Age two wasn't that great. Like it was okay, it wasn't great. It wasn't something you could force people to play something on PC for. And Medal of Honor, like a lot of people didn't like it all that much. So you have two titles right there that are like on the borders of being basically mediocre. Like Medal of Honor could get really good. Dragon Age was good. But you only have two titles that are guaranteed out of those. And you just put them both out. Yeah. Or you're about to put them both out. <laughs> so. And the thing is, like, it, with, with Battlefield, not only did, with Battlefield 3, not only did you have the, uh, you know, the, the new uh, Frostbite engine, which, you know, looked phenomenal, but it was also Battlefield, which a lot of people, a lot of shooter fans who are getting tired of Call of Duty really waiting for that and then now you have the other you have another juggernaut mass effect 3 you know which you know will definitely draw people in but and those things aren't going to happen all the time they're not going to happen every year like that exactly i think ea 
will be looking to expand their audience. And where do you go to expand your PC audience? Steam. So I think those will be coming back. But I, I'm not going to say they're coming back this year. Probably not next year either. But I think I think we're going to see them again. Um, but, you know, unless, like you said, unless EA is, is always coming out with really good exclusives. Like, I mean, like, I mean... The be- like exclusives that will increase their user base. This strategy can't go on for too long. I do know that you know you. They also have those contracts with other, um, with with some other publishers. But you, how, I mean, unless you're paying a publisher like a, a bunch of money or a developer a bunch of money, are they really going to make their game an Origin exclusive over Steam? You know, totally no, right. Steam are they going to make it an origin exclusive over everything else? Like, are they not going to put it on Gamers Gate or Desura or you know, are any of those other platforms? Are they exactly. going to do that? I don't think so. Like, I even if you just take Steam out of the equation, are they going to are they going to kill the every other di- digital distribution option they have just to put it on Origin? No, maybe five years from now. Maybe if somehow you've still increased your user base that much. Maybe, but I don't. I don't see why. Especially when you won't even put every single one of your own EA games as an origin exclusive. Right. Yeah. Because King of the Just not come Exactly. Like that's what I mean. Like that's why that strategy can't work forever, and that's why I think you have to have a better product. Like you have to have a better product that people actually want to use. You have to have all of the shit that Steam has plus some, like already, because Steam already has it. There's no reason that you can't have it because you already know it exists. Like, don't pretend like, oh, we're still working this out, guys. You know, we don't have any fucking idea how this shit works because, yeah, you do. Start up Steam because I know somebody on your fucking team uses that shit. Somebody's had to have investigated it. Like, start that shit up and here's everything that Steam does. How can we do it better? and make it a better experience. But they're not doing that. They're doing the bare minimum and forcing people to download it through, through other means, through trickery, basically. Yeah. And that strategy can't go on. You only, you only get people by making a better product, and they're not making a better product right now. So when that happens, when, they, when that strategy runs out of having games that they can force people to download and all that stuff, maybe you'll see Origin actually improve, and maybe we'll be talking about it differently six months from now. I don't know. Well, maybe. 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 <laughs> I, I, I don't necessarily believe that. I'm just saying maybe we will. I, you know, we'll, maybe I'll be juggling that. a year from now, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, three years. Reaching potential. Definitely. Right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, so we're going to move on from that. We're going to move into uh, actually another uh, talk at Dice um, that happened recently. This one is David Jaffe and... Uh, he he says that uh, game execs need to get a bullshit filter, uh, and he's talking about when developers uh, when they pitch games to publishers. Uh, he says it's really easy to bamboozle publishers. He says you know they, you know actually here I'll, I'll read a quote. It's really easy to bamboozle you. It's really easy to sit and pitch and talk about I want the realism and grittiness of Breaking Bad and Sons of Anarchy, and when I put it, I want to put it on a spaceship. And make you feel like Tarantino, and speak to the human condition. And he says, then the you know the then the publisher or the exec walks out of the meeting and green lights it because they can see it. You know they can see this game in their head. But then he goes on to say say that you really can't see it. You see they they see like a movie trailer that doesn't exist, but the reality is something totally different. 
And basically, he's saying that, you know, publishers need to, um, they need to, I guess, at least at least educate themselves more on the process, or at least say, you know, you know, if they like the story, like, no, don't just get pitched a story. If they like the story, but okay, that sounds wonderful, it sounds great, but how are you going to do it? You know, that's what he is uh, saying. And he said, he, you know, he also went on to talk about, um, you know, said some devs try to use games as story, uh, as a, uh, you know, to tell stories that they try to use it to, uh, you know, just tell stories and express emotions and touch on real world issues. And, you know, games historically aren't, uh, the best medium for that. He says, you know, <laughs> actually he says those people should go, you know, write books, um, you know, go do a movie, you know, something like that. Um, that I don't really agree with just because games, well, actually I don't agree with, you know, just because games haven't historically been a great storytelling medium, which I actually disagree with that. Some of the best stories, uh, uh, that have ever been told have been through video games. Um, you know, just because historically it's not a medium that's great for stories doesn't mean that we shouldn't continue to try to improve that. We should totally give up on it. Actually, there are a lot, I think a lot of the comments, um, on gamesindustry.biz, uh, they pick on that fact, you know, actually, uh, a couple of the comments picked on the fact that that he's, uh, you know, actually, I think it's the second comment that says he doesn't know, uh, what publisher meetings that he's been to, you know, talking to Jaffe, but he says, you know, when this specific developer in the comments, he's like, you know, when you go to, you know, a publisher meeting, you have to have at least a demo ready, which I can imagine that, you know, a lot of publishers, they don't want to spend money on something they can't see at least, you know, for now, but I think it's different, like, when you're, when you're a bigger name, you know, like, if, you know, Peter Monolu, or however you say his last name, if he goes to pitch yeah, something, think, you know, they, they're the just like, yeah, it sounds about. great. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I, that's the thing I was thinking about, like, if you have Peter Molyneux, like, the, the fact that, the thing that, that Jaffe said, it sounds like something Peter Molyneux would say, almost, like, I, I want your dog to, to feel the tenderness of your heart and for you to be able to hold its hand as you walk through this memory of life. And then you walk onto the beach and you throw a pebble and it, it skips and it touches the rock, somebody else on the beach who becomes your wife. And then the ripples in the pond become your love and a child springs from that. And then like, that's what I feel like. Like Peter Molyneux walks into a publisher meeting and says, <laughs> and publisher like that, you're fucking great. I just cried. I don't know. Like, I don't even know what you just said, but you know what? You're green-lighted. Fable 4, let's go. Like, that's, I feel like that's what happens, but I feel like you have to get to a certain point with that. Like, maybe there is a publisher that does that. Uh, because they, I, because I think that you, they're not just thinking about the game, they're thinking about how it can go beyond the game. Because when you start thinking about, you know, uh, publishers or, like, executives, they're not just thinking about your game. They don't, and in fact, I will go as far as to say they don't give a shit about your game. They give a shit about your game as far as it'll be profitable for them. And anything beyond that is how you can market that, how you can make that a brand, how you can make that bigger, how you can make that a TV show, a movie, a comic book, a cartoon. And if you can do that stuff, if you can see the movie trailer in your head, it doesn't necessarily matter how great the game is. Because if you can turn that into a movie and make ten, uh, you know, a ten million dollars off of it, I don't give a shit how your game does. Your game could be a big old piece of shit. I don't care. Like, don't... I could turn that into a movie. 
No, you don't even and need to be bold directed and people will go see it. You don't even need to turn it into a whole movie, though. You just, you literally just need to reproduce the trailer that, that you produce in the head of the, the, the executive. If you can produce that, that's your commercial for the game. People are going to go out and buy it. And there's your profitability. Sure. So, I mean, that's I mean, you're, it's, it's almost it's not even that complicated a process. But I, I guess we're, we're on. I, I kind of. I kind of see his point a little bit in that I think what he's talking about, like games not needing a story. I mean, you 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 look at a game like Mass Effect, and fundamentally the gameplay is it's a over the shoulder shooter. That's the gameplay, and the fact that you're shooting aliens and that that all ties into the greater story isn't isn't affected by the actual gameplay. And I think his argument is that he wants to make sure that that gameplay itself the actual quality of that over the shooter game is good and he doesn't really care about you know he doesn't care about the aspects of a story not that you can't tell a good story in there but some people get so hung up on trying to push their philosophy or or, or their agenda and, and and tell the story that way and then the game winds up suffering for that and we've all played through games with with cutscenes that have been way too long cutscenes are not Cutscenes are not gaming. It's it's if if you're not engaged and actually pressing the button, I mean, at least in Mass Effect, even the dialogue that's a game in and of itself, and the, how you're navigating the character. But if you're just sitting there watching a cutscene for forty minutes, that's a movie, and that's what he's saying. He's saying those kinds of people should be the ones off working in Hollywood, not necessarily you know, not necessarily you know, other people. But see, I think that that was the thing. Like, I had like a love hate relationship with what he said because I have a big problem with that. And not necessarily like not the way that I think that he's trying to say it. I think the way that he's trying to say it is that like if your concern is like with like you want to make a movie trailer or you want to make a game that is all cutscenes and you want to basically make a movie without making a movie, go to Hollywood. Like or that you're just a failed all you know Hollywood auteur who who is like, well, what else can I do? I can go make video games or something. Like get that point because there are certainly people who are like, I'm just going to fucking make 10 hour long cutscenes. But at the same time, like I could play metal gear solid four, which has those 10 hour long cutscenes. And I feel like I played the best game of all time. You know, that sort of thing. Like there's, it's not always so cut and dry because like, like also is good, but story matters. Like the, the whole point of video gaming is that story and gameplay are married together. Like, if I don't, I don't go out of my way to pick up a game just because if I see that the story is complete shit, but the gameplay looks okay. I don't, I don't do that. Uh, if I see a game and I'm like, I like what I, I like what I see. I like the story. I like how everything looks together. I like the visuals. I might go pick that up. It, I, on occasion, I picked up a game and the story wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, and I kept playing it because the gameplay was good, but I've never, ever gone out and gotten a game based on gameplay and nothing else. But have, have you ever played a game where the story carried you through the combat? Yes. I think Absolutely. everybody has. I think it, it, Yeah, I, I, I've done both. I've, done, I've played games where the story was so shitty that I wished that I had, would die, but the gameplay was great, so I was like, I can, I can live. In fact, Kingdom Hearts 2. I could not have given less of a shit about the story in that game, but the gameplay was so fucking just fun. I didn't care. I I was like, oh, I just killed a thousand times. I don't give a shit what the fuck happened to Riku. I don't. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I, I don't. 
no, no, I, I, no, I think you got that backwards. I'm saying a, 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 a game where, where basically no. you you only you only just wanted to get to the next you know cutscene or the next event to see how the story would progress, and you you didn't really care about whether you were playing a shooter or a role playing game as far as having to progress through the actual content of the game. No. The actual the actual fundamental. No, I, mean, I, that's, I did that's understand. The the I understand game. what you're saying. I'm saying I've done both. I'm saying like I have played like Kingdom Hearts two because I like gameplay, and I'm saying I play games that I've only. I really only gave a crap about the story, but not necessarily how it played. I'm like, eh, the gameplay is like, eh, shit, whatever. But the story is good, so I'll go. I'll go through this. See, because I, I think you it's know, the, like I've done most. It's the latter of those games that he's railing against. He, he's complaining about games where 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 people are so focused on the story and they're so fixated on their agenda that they they lose sight of the fact that it's a game and it's supposed to be engaging for an actual activity. And and those are the people that he's saying need to go to home, need to go spend their time in Hollywood because they don't care about that. Maybe, maybe it's not necessarily those people. Maybe they just need to be put on a better team because I mean, if you're a writer, you're not going to be involved in the gameplay as much. And if you're, you know, a, pro a programmer, you're, you're probably not going to be involved in the creative side as much, but I, th I think though that's what he's, he's railing against. I don't, I don't think he's necessarily saying that there should be no story. Well, I, I know. I don't, I, that's what I mean. I, I don't think that like what I think that he's trying to say is wrong. I, I think that if you just read it and you just take it as a face value of what he says, I think that's wrong. Like, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't disagree. I don't, I think that both are just, one is just as evil as the other. I think that having gameplay that's, that's okay, like that you can play through and it's okay, but you don't care about the story is just as bad as having a, just a story and, and gameplay that's crap. I think that one is just as bad as the other. I really do. Just because you suffer through it, just because we've all done that, doesn't necessarily mean that one isn't just as bad as the other. I just, I just think that they are both just as bad. I think that if you have a game that the gameplay is the only reason you play through it, there's probably a game out there that has done that gameplay and put a better story to it, and that you should be playing that game instead. I think there's almost always an example of that. Like, the... And that's just I, that's just my belief, I guess. Like in in my experience playing video games, that like that that any time that's happened, there's probably a game that you've got had an actual decent story to. You could play Gears of War three and have that story, I guess, if you want to call it that. That is such a terrible with... example because the gameplay and the story are just terrible. <laughs> right, Gears. but at least the gameplay for most people keeps them playing it. It's not the story. Like I'm, I will. It's not the story that keeps people playing games. Gears of War. Nobody's sitting there crying about Marcus Phoenix fu fucking father while they're, while they're fucking crying. killing any horse. Well, Marcus is crying, <laughs> but nobody who's playing the game is sitting there crying while they're sawing somebody in half. Nobody gives a shit. They they are playing it because they could saw a fucking locust in half and shit, and then they can go kick somebody and curb stomp them in multiplayer. Like that's what I mean. Like, but there's other games you can play that third person perspective and do shit like that. Like, you could play one of the earlier Gears of War and have a better game. You know, like I, that's the problem. Like, I think that they're both just as bad as the other. I think that that's the whole problem is that they are equal. Like in in gaming specifically, those two things are equal. That story and gameplay mean just as much to each other because if one is really really shitty and the other is okay or good, then there's not even always a guarantee that you're going to finish the game just because one is better. Right. Because it depends on the kind of person you are too. And the thing is, 
I mean, if if a game has a great story and shitty gameplay, then you know you know it's going to be considered a bad game and vice versa. Well, I shouldn't say vice versa. If a game has a shitty story and it's a good game, it's still a good game. I, I think that's the difference. But at the same time, um, at the same exact time, it, the games that have the great stories and at least good gameplay are the ones that we talk about. They're the ones that we remember. You know what I'm saying? We uh we really like the, the, they're the great games. They're the great games. Exactly. They're, they're not just good games. They're not just games that you suffer through or the you're uh, that's kind of okay. They're the games that right. you five years from now love. They're yeah. the games that you remember that you played as a kid and you remember them now. But yeah, for example, I mean, I just I finished up Shank Two. Shank Two is a, a, a fun game. Like the game is so much fun, but the story is eh okay. You know. We're not going to be sitting at a bar talking about how awesome Shank 2 is. We're going to be sitting at a bar talking about how awesome Metal Gear is. You know what I'm saying? Or how awesome Half-Life is. Ocarina of Time. You know, stuff like that. Call of Duty? Shut the fuck up, Nick. You shut your mouth right now. I should just disconnect you from this call. <laughs> Nick, I, I don't cry, dude. It's okay. You can actually you can speak. He just totally went silent. <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, well, no, I was. I, I'm. Uh, I, I was kind of pushing us to the next topic. That's I all. know you were, <laughs> but you didn't have to do it like that. You didn't have to ambush. That was trying to fall and shove off a cliff. I know. Nuts. <laughs> you just walked up to a bear and you kicked it in the nuts. That's what you just did. You're like, you know what? Let's get you on through hibernation. Nut kick, and the bear was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you killed JFK. Ah, uh, there you go. Oh. All right, so what Nick is talking about for everybody that's wondering right now, um, the Guinness Book of World Records apparently took a poll of gamers, which I'm going to put air quotes 143,000 people? Yeah. I believe was the number. That's what they're saying, 143,000 people, uh, something like that. They took a poll of the greatest game endings uh, of all time, I'm I guess. sorry, 13,000. Whoa, I'm, I was way off. Oh, wow, yeah. Sorry about hey. that, yeah. Okay, yeah. 13,519 to be exact. Now yeah. that the webpage has loaded. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they did, you know, they have the top 50 games with best endings, okay? And the number one game, the number one game is Call of Duty Black Ops. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, greatest video game ending ever. Repeat. If you flip your table, if you, if you flip the table over, you're listening to the MASH cast, if you just jumped out of your car like the fucking Hulk and ripped it in half and you owe your insurance company now, we're really sorry. But you are justified. Call you're of Duty justified. Black Ops. He said, you know, jumped out of your car like the Hulk. If you just jumped out of the car to end your life right now, that's understandable too. <laughs> because you heard this news. I would rather nobody die listening to the mask cast because they just wanted to kill themselves with the news. I'd rather that they got superpowers at least out of a deal. Dude. Like, did, did you think about Black, Black Ops and you get like Hulk mad angry and you get big and green and you can pick up a skyscraper or something? I, I at least hope you got superpowers. Jared just. It's okay with you ending your life. <laughs> you, oh, God damn it. Put the shotgun in my mouth. Fucking Black Ops. Ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I want to name a few games here. Um, you know, a, a few games here. 
on on this list that were passed by. Okay, um, so uh, Crisis Two, Knights of the Old Republic, for those who have beaten that, I've beat that game on both sides, and I, okay, I just it just made me angry. Super Metroid, Starcraft Two, Mass Effects One and Two, Portal Two, Heavy Rain, um, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Uh, which uh, well, Wait, didn't Heavy Rain make it into the top ten? It did it make it. it, it it's number, number ten. 10. It's 10. number ten, top ten. Yes. Um, Halo yeah. Combat Evolved, Halo Three, Halo Reach is number two. Um, Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid, uh, one, three, and four all made it on the list. I think Metal Gear Solid Four is number eight. Um, all underneath Call of Duty Black Ops, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Two. I mean, Sonic Adventure 2 had a better ending than Call of Duty Black Ops. In fact, to make matters even worse, and technically I guess maybe it was a better ending at least, but Modern Warfare 2 is also in the top five. There's two Call of Duty games, modern Call of Duty games, in the top five, and every modern Call of Duty game made the top 50. Every single one. The... I can't like he, 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 just absorb that for a moment because Jared just reabsorbed it right there. <laughs> he he just reabsorbed it and he had already read the list like ten times. And he just had to he took a moment right there in that silence. That was Jared's soul having a little piece shaved off of it again. Dude, I again. mean Half Life Two Episode Two. Half Life Two Half Life's not even on here. Like ah, uh, uh, this is unbelievable. Like this, the, if there was any gamer at Guinness, they should have just read this list and just been like, "Fuck it, nope, not not publishing it." Don't they do found it. them hanged the next day. They just hung themselves. <laughs> I, I think they misnamed the record. It should have been number of morons involved in a poll, greatest number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. That should have been in the Guinness Book of World Records. But Check. actually, but Nick actually made a really good point before the match. Like, started to make a really good point before the match cast, but we said we weren't going to talk about it. So. He used to talk about it now because it well, was no. a good point. Well, I guess one of the things was because because we were we were talking about this before and we were sort of going around like what 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 endings do we think should be up at the top and I actually couldn't answer the question because I I was so stuck trying to to separate the the bulk of the story from the ending. Um, and then I'm looking through the list and I see like there's a bunch of Super Mario games in there. There's Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Galaxy, uh, Super Mario Brothers Wii, and, and and aren't all of those the ending is you save the princess? Like they're not, they're not, yes. they're not known for their story. Yes. So, so it, it's, this is not whatever metric these people are grading the criteria of the ending on does not apply. Whatever the quest, they're not answering the question being asked because they, that right there should tell you the list is invalid. It's, it's, well, that's, it's, but that's what, that's what your point was, though. Your point was that all the game, like the games on this list, isn't so much like about endings as it is here's popular modern games. Yes, yes. It's it's it not even it's not even a recency bias. It's just this. I mean, fundamentally, we should cross reference this list against you know like like game sales, you know, his, over over history, and mm. maybe Super Mario Brothers would be a little bit underranked, but. Only because that's been out for so long, like everybody's bought it at least once or twice. But it's number uh, eleven. It's, it's though. close. It's, <laughs> it's number but, eleven. But, but, are you, but I mean, historically, I'd have to assume more people have purchased Super Mario Brothers than Call of Duty Black Ops. But you know what? I want somebody to tell me the end of the original Sonic the Hedgehog because that's number twenty-eight. That's what I mean, though. It's either it's 
Aside from, like, honestly, there's maybe 10 games on this game of, on this list of 50 that are not PS2 and beyond generation. And it, probably even less than that, maybe 20 from PS2 and beyond. Like, it is really mostly PS3, 360 generation games. Like, it really is. Like, it's very much, a re- it almost is a recency bias because it's games that are new. A lot of them. A lot of them. And I don't think it has much to do with endings. Like, most of the games with, like, the best endings that I've played aren't on the list. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of them. A lot of them. Like, I realistically, like, through all of the games I've played through my entire life, most of the games with the best things aren't on the list. It's games that are just recent and people like. Those are the games that are on the list. You know, I wonder like, if... Good, good. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I wonder if they only pulled uh, males in their 20s who game 8 to eight to 10 hours a week. <laughs> probably. They probably did, honestly. I mean, like... I don't know, dude. I think Super Mario's maybe number like 11. Portal, what, in fact, let's... I'm a, I'm a, go, like going on this list, let's see here. Like, Knights of the Republic, okay. Like, 49... Like that was number I guess 49. That feels yeah, actually... That was I, a good I, ending. And I, I don't think so. I, I, the ending was... The, I mean, the game itself. Don't, I'm not knocking the game itself. I, the ending felt kind of abrupt, and it was just like a quick cut. Especially the dark side ending was like a quick cut scene. Here you are, like you know, lording over the empire with Bastila, and you know, then like a little text thing, and that was it. It was it wasn't very. It wasn't it wasn't deep. It actually felt kind of rushed. I didn't I didn't like it. I think, but I mean, compared to the rest of this list, though, in yeah. fact, just two topics ago or a topic ago, I was just talking about Kingdom Hearts two and how I I didn't give a shit about the story. I only played through it because of the gameplay, and that's number thirty one. That game didn't have a really great fucking ending. That game had a really a lot of really great gameplay fight moments. That's all that game had. Most of these games, in fact, on this list, are are mostly games that had really great moments in them, but their endings weren't that great. Knights of the Republic, I would say, is probably one of the strongest endings out of this list. And you're right, it wasn't that strong. I would actually say Knights of the Republic 2 is stronger ending, even though people really didn't necessarily like that game as much as Knights of the Republic. Agreed. And that's not even on the list. Yeah. If I had to give a number one, like Metal Gear Solid 3 for me would be the number one game. Because that ending, if, you, if you're a fan of the series, that was a phenomenal ending to a game. Especially to a Metal Gear game. But, uh, I mean, it may not hold the same weight as some, as like, you know, as to somebody who's new to the series. But if you are a fan of Metal Gear, that, that that ending was phenomenal. So when I saw that all the way up at 32 in Call of Duty Black Ops at fucking one, I died a little inside. I really yeah, did. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think, like, I mean, like, okay, like, Portal 2, Portal, God of War. I actually still have not finished Red Dead at this point, so don't ruin that for me. But I know that that ending is supposed to be pretty good. It's not depressing. Uh even Ocarina of Time, I love that game to death. That game is number three on this list. I love that game to death. I have literally played that game at least 15 times, back to the front to back, at least 15 times, which is retarded because I've never done that with any game ever. Like, I've, I've, in my, fav, my next favorite game has been played like four times back to front, you know, front to back. And that game didn't have a really stellar ending. You literally get to the end of the game, and Link is a kid again, and you meet Zelda, and she looks at you like she doesn't know you. And considering everything else that happened, it's kind of like, oh, man, that's kind of interesting. But is that a really good ending? No. 
it's not a really fucking great ending to a really great game with all the great shit that happened in it. It's just kind of like an interesting ending. Like, it's ironic almost. Like, not good. Like, I don't think most of these games are actual good endings. They're just games that had really good... Most of these games are on this list. I would say at least half of them. The twist is better than the ending. Yes. Like, yes. whatever twist happens halfway through the game is better than whatever happened at the end, by far. But that's why they're on the list. Is that again? I don't people. I don't think they they separated it. They were like, oh, that that's game had true. that great twist and that tied into the ending, and and therefore it qualifies. I, I think I think this therefore it, is good. And I, right. I think just for the amount of time that we spent talking about this, we gave this question way more consideration than anybody that actually answered it. I we <laughs> gave it more consideration than Guinness Book of World Records did because they weren't like, here are the endings of these games in case you fucking forgot. So tell us which one was the best. They were like, hey, here's these games. Which one did you like the best? Because that's really what they asked. That's Wait, literally what they it, asked. It was a it was a multiple choice poll. Because I mean, if that's the case, if they if they if they came to the you know, with the question and said choose from these games, that that really weights the list differently. Then I'd, I'd have to assume it was open ended. It had to be. It had to be. I mean, I feel like they really were like, they didn't, they were like, oh, what's the best ending? But they really didn't specify like specifically the ending. I feel like they said like, what did you think was the best story or something along those lines? Because this list is a product of like, what do you think was a great story more so than a great ending? But you know how they do post polls like this? They probably send somebody to a mall and they're like, hey, you want to, you want to, you want a lollipop? Fill out this apple. Right. This yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they, they send them and they do polls like they do everything else. They survey people and it's like, oh, we're going to go to just a bunch of different game stops around the country and then we're going to survey people. You get 13,000 people in a day, you know, if you go to enough game stops. And then there you go. And who's who's the person that's going to be in there? Like, I know we're almost done, but like, the rent, the person that's, the tendency that's going to be in there is that 20-something maybe male and... Plays eight games for eight hours a week. <laughs> Right. Re- recency stands on people's mind. You see it on game of the year list. You see it on everything else. That like, even if like something really awesome came out earlier in that year, the end of the, by the end of the year, you remember the thing that you played most recently, most of all, that's what you remember. And it's like the same thing with this stuff. You either remember stuff that you really were nostalgic about as a kid, which is why you see stuff like Sonic the Hedgehog, Mario brothers, Metal Gear Solid, the original on this list. But you see, so, but like, that's about it. You see like five of those games and then everything else is, the past five years and i think that's the problem you don't people don't remember you you remember stuff that you just really really like period it's not about the ending it's not about anything else you know final fantasy 7 didn't have a really fucking great ending people remember because Aerith died you know like shit like that you know they remember because oh man sephiroth is a fucking badass he walked into fire you know but it didn't have a really great ending and yet it's on the list i think it's i really like this game and that's it. I, I think that's what this list is. We really, I really like this game. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this list has been valid. I mean, I think we can we can accurately say this list is pretty invalid. And it's just it's just a shame that you know somebody like Guinness. Well, I guess maybe they really don't care all that much about gaming in the first place. So they it's, they're like, eh, whatever. We'll, we'll we'll just throw this up there. But uh, it's a shame that you know. This is what the world sees. <laughs> they, should stick, they should stick to brewing beer. They should stick to brewing beer. Thanks, Nick. Mm. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it's going to 
That's going to end our topics here. Um, what's what, 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 what is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what we have oh, next week is the the Vita launch proper. You know, so you have all those Vita games coming out. This week was the early, um, early Vita launch. Early adopter. All the games came out for whatever reason ahead of time. Just I guess if you wanted to sit there and look at the game longingly for a week before the system actually came out, I don't know. Make you make you feel like you wanted to play it more. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we'd be ready. But um, let's see. Next week, I know we, besides the Vita, I know Alan Wake um is coming out. Alan Wake American Nightmare. Which is more like Alan Payne or Max Wake because of the way the gameplay is now. But you know, supposedly according to Remedy, this is like a standalone game. They're not really they're not changing the official format to Alan Payne. Oh, not Alan Payne, but Alan Wake. And I hope so. Cause I like the I like Alan Wake. I like the way Alan Wake, um, you know, the way it plays. So hopefully they don't, you know, say, oh yeah, let's let's make it like really guns a blazing, fast action type stuff. So. Well, then I'm not exactly sure what else comes out. Besides that, you guys know anything else? I honestly, at this moment, I can't think of anything else. I, I, if you hey, if you haven't played the Mass Effect demo yet, you can play that <laughs> now. Like I, I really, that's as far as my brain is gone. I haven't even gotten to play the demo yet. So yeah. I've I was driving and going through states and all that stuff. So. Yeah, I don't even know, guys. I'm sure you'll know what games are coming out. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna start being more prepared at this part. Like we, we, you know, we didn't have that calendar for a while. Well, actually, there were no games coming out for a in while fact, now. Kind of like. In a, fact, actually, there really isn't anything. We're not. We're we're actually not even being that bad. There really just isn't anything. Uh, the only stuff through next week. You have Asuras Wrath on the 21st, and binary domain that's it oh no i'm sorry binary domains the next week uh syndicate and a sort of that's the only other things that are coming out well, okay and, uh, is this syndicate actually even coming out next week i felt like that was later i think it is coming out next week okay that's weird i, I just felt like it was coming out a lot later but okay whatever so the, there you go you have those two games in addition to what jared said so yeah, you see, we're still prepared. There's just not that much shit coming out. Right <laughs> there is, in the, in, the, in the long view, there's a lot of stuff that is coming out in this month, just not necessarily next week. So right. you have the Vita to keep you preoccupied. And if not that, just play the Mass Effect demo a whole bunch. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, so, um, okay. Yeah, but uh, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, which is you know, soundcloud.com slash mash those buttons. Most of you listen on SoundCloud anyway. Uh, but we're also on iTunes, so you can catch us on iTunes, um, which there's a link for that in SoundCloud now, but also on the site, you can catch a link for the MASHcast on uh, iTunes. Uh, oh, uh, yes, I do know a couple people contacted me to let me know that on iTunes, our first couple episodes are missing, uh, and I do know, and I am addressing that issue uh, with the people who I need to address it with, and we're working on it. So uh, thank you for letting me know, but I did know about it. I was kind of looking at something, I'm like, hmm, that's strange. Not all of our stuff is there, but, you know, we're working on it. We're going to get those episodes back up as soon as possible. Um, but you can uh, follow us on Twitter. Please follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, you can also catch us on uh, Facebook, which is Facebook.com slash mash those buttons. I'm sorry, I lied. It's Twitter.com slash MTB site. Sorry about that. You really do that. It, it, the name is just too long for Twitter. That's, that's the only reason there's no Masters buttons on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but um, also, 
Stitcher Radio, available on Stitcher Radio. So if you uh, use Stitcher on your iPad, iPhone, uh, Android device, uh, accounts are free. So, you know, you just you grab the app and then you can just instantly stream the MASHcast that easily on, on Stitcher Radio. So, you know, you can definitely check us out there as well. But, um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, any questions, comments, concerns, anything, you know, just send us a message at community at matchesbuttons.com. You can also comment on the MASHcast or on the site. I don't care how you comment. Just talk to us, please. Please. I don't want to sound desperate. <laughs> but, you um, sound a tiny bit desperate. It's okay, though. Everybody understands. We, just, no. we, wanna, we know that you're listening because we can see stats on that you're listening. We yeah. just want to know that you're actually paying attention to anything else that we do. <laughs> That's it's like, I spend an hour and a half talking to you every week, and you don't say anything back. <laughs> That's kind of the way it goes. He's not crying yet. He's not asking for roses and why you don't love him on Valentine's Day and all that stuff. Like he just Not he a just single comment on Valentine's click, Day. Click follow on Twitter. You know, just do that. <laughs> um, for anybody that actually really did complain about the, the, the first episodes on, on iTunes, I'm really glad that you like us so much, but why the fuck do you want to listen to those episodes? Go listen to better episodes. We have so many more that are better than those original episodes, unless you just like laughing at us. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, those are rough times. I can actually tell you quickly exactly what's missing. Like, it's more, it's like MASHcast 1 and 2, and then it's, um, it's like a couple of, like, I think, like special editions. Hold on one second. I'm pulling it up now. Come on, there we go. All right. So, Mashcast number one, Mashcast number two, um, and there's a this, uh, the Assassin's Creed Special Edition, which is actually still a great way to get caught up on the series up into Revelations, um, and then the Pax East 2011 Special Edition, which is going to be in, it's pretty much invalid at this point, I would say. Uh, so, not a whole lot of people listen to that. But, um, yeah. And actually, after after this one goes up, Mashcast number three will also go missing until we get the problem fixed. So that's kind of the way it's been working. Um, all right, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we will catch you next week. Later. Be safe.